Hi guys, welcome to the Higher Points, and today we're coming at you with a to the point. Just me and Nick in here, and we're gonna just throw some ideas at you, what we've been thinking about the last week, and just some little talking points of uh, just things that have been running through our minds, and maybe it'll help you, maybe it won't. I don't know, we hope it does. (laughs) (laughs) One hell of an intro there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's probably not gonna help you, it probably will. Maybe it will, I don't know, maybe it won't. So... If it doesn't, get over yourself. All right, Nate. All right, Nate. What you what you got on your notes? <laughs> My notes, uh, nothing. <laughs> We're blank. Um, uh, so the the thing that's been uh, for me that I wanted to talk about today. So I saw this on uh, a a gentleman's story that uh, like I follow on Instagram, and and I follow uh, Daily Stoic. I think you do too, because mm-hmm. I see you share. I don't know if you just share off me or if you follow the page. I follow it. Um, and so uh, you know. The Stoics are, you know, Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, Socrates, Seneca, you know, all of those kind of guys that, you know, lived back and, you know, spent a lot of time in thought uh, because they didn't have, you know, phones and TV and stuff. And we'll get more to that here in a minute. But one of the things that he shared was it was just, just it looks like it's from an app. It's almost like your daily Bible app, but the Stoic version. And it says, uh, show the qualities you were made for. And it's this is a quote from Marcus Aurelius, Meditations 5.5. So people aren't in awe of your sharp mind, so be it. But you have many other qualities you can claim, or you can't claim to have been deprived of at birth. At birth, Display then those qualities in your own power, honesty, dignity, endurance, chastity, contentment, fr- frugality, kindness, freedom, persistence, avoiding gossip, and magnum- magnanimity. Man, lots of words there that I haven't heard in a while. So, and then the, the, the explanation to that is below it. It says, it's easy to blame your own circumstances. One person curses that they weren't born taller. Another that they're not smarter with a different complexion or born in a different country. It'd be hard to find a single person on this planet from supermodels on down who doesn't think they're deficient at least some way. But whatever your perceived deficits are, remember, there are positive qualities that you can develop and don't depend on genetic accidents and that don't depend on genetic accidents. You have a choice to be truthful. You have a choice to be dignified. You can choose to endure. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to be chaste. You can choose to be thrifty. You can choose to be kind to others. You can choose to be free. You can persist under difficult odds. You can avoid and you can avoid trafficking and gossip. You can choose to be gracious. And honestly, aren't the traits that are the result of effort and skill more impressive anyway? So, you know, that that was one of the things. I think it's easy to to get into these mindsets and play the comparison game and look at people like you know. I look at somebody like say you, right? Like you obviously are skinnier than me. And, uh, you know, but you've worked at that and you played football and you had those natural knacks for football. Plus you were coached in football. And so that made things better. And, you know, it's easy for me to like want to compare like, oh, I could have been better at football, but the same thing can probably be said about you of like, you know, like you maybe look at me and say like, oh, I wish I were as good at computers as he is mm-hmm. or something like that. Or you shooting know? or, you know, it's those things that, that I think it's easy to get into that cycle of comparison and there really isn't much in this world I don't think you can't concept or can't um, accomplish by just putting your mind to it. And I know we've talked about a lot of that mental resiliency and things like that. No two paths are the same for yeah. whether that's a weight loss goal or career or relationship. And like 
no two paths are the same. No two relationships are going to make sense to, like, my relationship may not make sense to you. Yours may not make sense to me, you know? it's Well, and, and, and I also, if you're listening to this podcast and you say, well, you don't know what I've been through. Well, let me tell you something. Everybody's been through something. Mm-hmm. And there are people that have multi-million dollar companies that came from riches. There are people that have multi-million dollar companies that came from nothing. Yep. There are people that like, um, Ben Carson, he is a very successful man, surgeon, politician came from abject poverty. Granted, you know, he worked his way through that process. Now, this isn't me saying like everybody always has those equal opportunities to like, you know, you, excuse me, everybody has equal opportunities, but you're not guaranteed equal outcomes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do and go back to obviously the parenting and the household and the parents trying to lift you out of that and make you better and all that other kind of stuff. But it's easy to get into the comparison game and want to say, I wish I had X, Y, or Z when you can choose to do things a different way. You know, it used to be when I was first a new cop on the street, like I would take what other cops said about specific people as gospel. Like, you know, I constantly, you constantly hear that guy's a doper, that guy's a piece of shit, you know, whatever, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But then I get to meet them and I get to know them and they're nothing like that at all. Like they're, they weren't, they're just like normal, everyday, cool, chill people. That sometimes makes some bad choices. Yeah, that one time that cop had that interaction, they could have been that way. Yeah. But, like, that doesn't define who they are 24-7. <laughs> Haven't we all made mistakes like that? Yep. And so uh, another thing that I want to get out of this is those words that were read or that I read to you from Marcus Aurelius were, you know, brought up by his thoughts, like just him thinking. And there's a great book out there, and I can't remember the name of it right now. But it was written by a NASA scientist basically talking about boredom. And in that book, he basically talks about how some of the greatest ideas to overcome technological things that didn't exist back in the 60s, like things that we take for granted now, Mm -hmm. to solve some sort of problem on how to land them on the moon or to get a rocket into orbit, technology didn't exist. And some of the best ideas that they ever came up with were came up with out of boredom. And the reason that I say that that's important is, is not that necessarily Marcus Aurelius was always bored because you know, he's very busy. He was a, you know, king or a Caesar. Or I don't know what the right word is. A Caesar, I think. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> and so, you know, we, we need to give our brains, it's easy for our brains to be entertained in our society today. It's easy to like, I have you nothing better to do. And yeah. And I'm going to, I'm right going to load Netflix. I'm mm-hmm. going to load Hulu. I'm going to YouTube. I'm going to swipe. Uh, TikTok, I'm going to get on Snapchat, I'm going to get on Instagram, and so on and so on and so on. And, you know, they say it, you have to give your brain three full days to detox from technology to really get the full effect. And just keep in mind that your device is being used as a mind control device. You know, every time that it goes off, every time that you look at it, every time that, you know, you feel that notification or whatever, you're getting that slow, that little micro dose of dopamine. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with likes on Instagram and stuff like, so for me, like my Instagram, like I don't have it notify me anything at all. Um, and that's the only, I think social media app that I have on there. The only thing I have that gives me notifications is like weather and the daily Bible app. And I'm looking to look, I actually asked that guy what that program was for the stoic thing. Cause I mm-hmm. want that as well. But you're giving yourself micro doses of dopamine and then your device is being used to control you because now you're having to seek that device to get that dopamine release to make your brain feel better. Now they can sell you more ad space, so on and so on and so on. And so keep that in mind when you're wanting to give your four to six year old child their own smartphone. 
no, that is not the best idea for your child's overall mental well-being in the long term. No, it's not. So allow yourself to just be like bored. You can, you can come up with some of the greatest ideas that you'd never considered or never would have thought of had you not allowed yourself just the opportunity for your brain to do what it does. Because the way your brain works in the memory is, is you have like abstract thought where like, it looks like literally like abstract paintings and art where you, you're trying to make sense of things and make sense of your world. And then your your body or your brain eventually picks it apart and puts it together like puzzle pieces to make it into something that is tangible, something that's, you know, your brain understands. Mm-hmm. And that's how you come up with those ideas. And not just NASA scientists, but hell, like how are you trying to overcome an issue with your kid? Yeah. Like they're not listening to you or a problem employee. Well, I mean, it kind of ties into like last week you talked about the meditation, or was it the week before? You talked about the meditation and everything. And um, you talked about it with Janine a little bit. And, you know, like that's something I've been really trying to focus on, not necessarily meditating, but even just praying. You know, like I've been going through it recently <laughs> and just trying to get away from my phone and focus on like what emotions I'm really feeling, you know. Um, and I've been reading or listening to Ed Milet's book. And chapter five talks about like emotions and really like meditating on those and figuring out like those three to four emotions that you want to feel and focusing on those and then pushing out the ones that are negative. You know, I've had a lot of anxiety recently for certain reasons. Um, and just really focusing on that and, and like praying on it, but also like, I don't need this in my life. Like I can't control this. It's out of my control. You know, pushing that to the side and then just trying to focus on emotions that are going to be more positive, you know. And, like, anxiety is not all bad. A certain level of anxiety is good, you know. It keeps you in check. It keeps you like, oh, I need to get this stuff done, you know. Otherwise, you're just going to keep procrastinating, procrastinating, procrastinating. But it gets to a certain point and it's crippling. Yeah. Well, that's the whole, what you just got done talking about is basically the idea behind the whole stoic mindset in general, mm-hmm. no matter what stoic you read, is essentially the litmus test is, can I control this? Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll put my brain power to it. Mm-hmm. Can I control this? No. Okay, I'm not putting my brain power to it. So like, for instance, can can I control that, <clears throat> uh, you know, I was born tall and not short? Like, can I control that? Can I fix that? Is that something I can like... I mean, I guess I could go get my legs chopped off and sewn back together and go through therapy and be shorter. But I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, can you control it? Yes. Spend your brain power on it. No, don't spend your brain power on it. Yep. Because there's a lot more things that are in the present that need your attention than that thing that you can't control. Well, and, and, you know, looking at it also from the parenting aspect, like, can I constantly control my children? And what the decisions that they make, no. And I just have to let them sometimes experience and get the natural consequences of the world. Speaking of books, the book that that Nate was talking about was Ed Milet's book, The Power of One More. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, by the way. And um, the, uh, the the book that I want to talk about is Parenting with... Um, oh, wow. It's like Parenting with... Uh, love, Parenting with Love and Logic. And in that book, it talks a lot about allowing your kids to just experience negative consequences that life pushes their way. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
you know, it's like like Eli right now. He's living through. I tried to tell him to save the last couple hood construction checks because he was getting ready to make half the money working half the hours. And because he'd never experienced not having extra money, mm-hmm. then he so he didn't. He was like, "Oh, I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm good." Right? And, and blew bought them, himself and, some pit vipers. Yeah, and, blo- <laughs> and and blew the money. And and at the time, I was like, "Okay, you know." And I could have. I could have. I mean, I have access to his account. I could have taken the money from him, put it in an account, and held it, right? But what lesson does he learn there? Nothing. I, I he mean, just gets pissed at you. Yeah, he gets mad at me, and I'm I'm basically being controlling. He doesn't mm-hmm. learn any lesson. And while, while you know, and this is one of them things where it's not hurting him, right? Like he is not going, he is not in danger. But right now, he is feeling the effects of uh, after he pays his cell phone and insurance. There's really not a whole lot of money left over. So he is living that every day and he can't wait to get back to hood construction, start mm-hmm. mowing again. Like he wants to do it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, he, he is experiencing that. So sometimes just letting people experience it and not just your kids, but like your spouse, mm-hmm. your, your, your family members, like you can't save everyone from themselves. You can control you though and yep. how you respond to those things. Well, I mean, when you try to control those situations, a lot of times you'll end up like, pushing yourself too far and too hard and you'll lose yourself in that or drive a wedge even between you and whomever it is that you may care about. Yep. And you know, it's just one of those things of like, while I don't treat the readings of the Stoics, like it's gospel, like I don't treat it like the Bible, but I think it has some like really great stuff in there. I mean, those guys, I don't know, man, it's just great philosophers. I mean, phenomenal. They post daily on Instagram, you know, on that daily Stoic. Yeah. It, I don't know. They just been speaking to me. Yeah. Just helping me get through a shitty time. I mean, even in not a shitty time, they're good reminders Mm -hmm. of things of like what to do, what not to do and things to think about. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one other thing that I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit is, is like, uh, so Goldman Sachs, Jeff Bezos, all the big names and money. And, and I'm trying to decide where I stand on this. They keep saying we're getting ready to go into like a really terrible recession, and those kind of things. And sometimes we, we talked about that at that economic development deal yeah. last week in Sterling that Wichita state business professor came in and talked and he said out of like 4,000 economic economists, yeah. <laughs> like professionals, yeah. uh, it was like 98% agreed that we're about to go into recession, which is, he's like, so we're going to go into recession, like by the numbers. But if you look at it, like we're still basically fully employed right now. You know, and those jobs aren't going to go away. And the slowdown is going to probably be good for our economy because we're so backed up on, like, supply chain issues, you know. So those are going to be able to catch up, and we're going to be able to get what we need at the grocery stores, and we're going to be able to get what we need, like, jars for us, and we'll be able like, at High Point Farms and um, fertilizers and that kind of stuff, like, People are going to be able to slowly catch up on that instead of it just go, 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 go. And like lumber and stuff, you know, like that's going to slow down. We're not going to be building new houses. We're going to be doing remodels and stuff. So lumber's not going to be as needed. It's still going to be needed. And so I, I think it, and he was talking like, yes, we're going to have a recession, but also it could be good for our economy. And it's because the Fed's pushing us to that. Well, it's interesting because, you know, 
I, I wholly distrust our media and government as a whole. Mm-hmm. So when I hear that stuff, I'm like, okay, is this misinformation, disinformation? Are you trying to control me? So that's the litmus test that I look at that through. So for me, the verdict is still out on that. Um, you know, and of course I'm not an economist and I don't claim to be one, but one thing I can say that I've done a fair amount of research on is like, like disaster prepping. I used to be that guy that like, how do I survive if a new kits? You know, of course, if it hits like on Sterling, you're pretty well screwed. You got to go to garage. So, um, well, you know what? You need to just be quiet and listen because you, you, you're screwing things over here, oh, right? Okay. <laughs> um, you don't have to turn red. I was just messing with you. What, what I want to get at on that is, is it's like if now is the time to be like growing your own food or when you go to the grocery store and you see like a bag of spinach on sale, buy it dehydrate it make it into a powder at least you can supplement those nutrients into some of your diet diet during those times when you may not be able to access it get with your local farmers start buying things like eggs eggs beef that kind of stuff and just to let you know you can store eggs without a refrigerator for up to two years if you put them i think in vinegar or something no not vinegar because that pickles them they'll keep something oil it's like water on the counter for like six months if you don't refrigerate them at all yeah but there's another way to basically can them like where you put them in like it's like water oil or something like that but anyway, it's, it's time to start like getting together and prepping your stuff and just making sure that you're, that you're good to go and that you have what you need to get your family through something like this. Now, I'm not talking like economic collapse because if it's economic collapse, like it's going to be really bad, right? But the best thing that you can do is, is you don't let anyone know anything of what you've got. Don't tell them about like your shelter. Don't tell them about your food. Don't tell them about your medical supplies. Don't anything. Um, because, it, when the tr- the shit truly hits the fan, loose lips sink ships, and those people are going to come looking. And there was a guy that my I dealt with when I was at work. And to illustrate my point here is, he currently exists and lives in our society. Like he is out, he's free, he's not in prison. We have people that are in prison that are crazy that shouldn't be in society. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. But this guy, because he has access to the police, are still a thing to hold accountability. Um medicine and medical facilities are still a thing because, you know, we're not in an economic collapse. He is able to at least exist in society, but the man is extremely dangerous and extremely, uh, mentally unstable. And had it not been for police being, he knew him knowing police are there to keep, hold him accountable or medicine there that kind of at least somewhat tried to level him out. And it was a lawless society. He would be a dangerous man. He'd be the one that showed up to your house and strapped you to the metal bed frame with a car battery, torturing you, trying to find out where your guns and your ammo and and about your friends and your family and stuff. Because if you haven't had a chance yet, there's a phenomenal read on the Argentinian financial collapse. And that guy was talking about how, like, if you're one of those preppers that thinks you're going to take an AR and walk down the street and you're going to be Billy Badass, think again. Because cops are still a thing in an economic collapse, but they're all corrupt. So they're going to take you arrest you, take your gun, sell your gun for money, food, whatever, unless you bribe them out of arresting you, you know, stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. he was talking about like carry concealed carrying a pistol. Yeah. You definitely have to do that. And thinking if you're going to live out in the country and you're going to shoot people from a mile away and blah, 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 blah. Well, people can't hear you scream in the country and you have to sleep at some point. And there's no way to have 24 hour, 360 degree coverage of your house. So living in the city and an economic collapse is actually better. But there's still no guarantee that when you start screaming for help that anybody's going to come. Yep. So um, 
it's one of those things of like loose lips, sink ships, start preparing, but don't let anybody know. Don't let anybody know what you got. Don't share it. And if you do have a point where you have to come together as a group, if a person comes to the table and they don't put something in the proverbial pot to eat that day, they don't eat. That's all there is to it. You either provide or you starve. Those are your two choices because otherwise you get yet another like men- welfare type mentality with people in your, in your circle that don't want to provide. And that's kind of tough for people to stomach because like for me, like I don't have siblings, so it's a little easier for me, but like me telling Andrea, like some of her siblings, like they would not add to the pot. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, then they don't eat. Well, that's not fair. You're right. It's not, but like, this is literally the choice between life and death. It's not fair that I have to go do the work for this. And, and then- yeah. And you, so you have to change your mindset and remember those things. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I bought some things, I have some things, whatever, but like, remember those things are dependent completely on like, those things are completely dependent on electricity, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I stocked up on all this meat. Let's say that I have that in my freezer. Well, okay. Now I need electricity to keep said meat cold. You know, what happens when you start having rolling blackouts? Yep. So it's just things like that to think about. This is not me like doomsdaying and saying all those it other kind of things. Is. But it's just like being... Why are you trying to scare these poor people, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I love you all. That's why I'm, I'm letting you know this because I love you all. So it's just things like that to keep in mind and just uh, just keep your mouth shut. I mean, not just in doomsday prepping or prepping or whatever it is, but, you know, sometimes just in general. Be bored. Don't sit in front of your phone, in front of your TV. Like, I can't tell you how many times that I've just sat in my patrol car with the radio off and everything because everything is just noise. Just silence. Go out in nature. Get some sun on you. And enjoy that boredom. And then also continue prepping. And, you know, because there may be a day. Every major civilization has crashed over the years. Every single day. One of them. Mm-hmm. America will be that one someday. And it may be in our lifetime, and it may be 50 lifetimes from now, but it will happen someday. So be prepared for it. That's right. I don't think it's going to happen this time around. I think we're... I don't think our uh, our government would let it get to that point because then they'd lose votes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- yeah, and that's not me saying like, oh my gosh, put on your tinfoil hats or anything. It's just me wanting to pass on just a little bit of the knowledge because this is something that like I... I've been researching like prepping stuff for like 20 years, maybe mm-hmm. of just ideas and things uh, that you can do and, and that kind of stuff and thought process more mindset really than it is items, which by the way, you don't want to know the number one most amazing piece of currency that man talked about um, in the Argentinian collapse that you can buy all day long for probably 49, 50 cents right now, maybe even a dollar. Coffee? Mm-mm. Bic lighters. Hmm. He said that was the most amazing. Cur- Everybody's got to make a fire for one reason or another. Boil water, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. He said Bic lighters. You can buy those things like by the bag. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. He's like, if you want to prep, that better be part of your prep package. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Um, because you can trade it for food. Everybody's got to make fire. Like that is the a necessity. Like the fire to cook the food, to boil the water. So food and water. But like. That was the best thing to have in your prep kit to be able to do that. Cause he was saying like, like things like medical services, um, like a can of beans went for 50 us dollars, one single can of beans. And that was what you could use to like pay a doctor for medical services, assuming that doctor even had 
the items they needed to give you. Yeah. And it's, you know, like, it's not bad to grow your own food anyways. Like, it's better for you. Yeah. You don't have all those preservatives and stuff in it. But another thing is, like, when you start supporting your local economy like that, you don't have the supply chain issues like we're having now. Because you're not going as, your chickens aren't coming from New York or I don't know where our chickens come yeah, from. Yeah, right, right. You know, I like, get what you're saying though. Like it's not traveling all the way across the country or overseas. You know, it's here. And so that would help with us not having these supply chain issues or like the big but- butcher plants shutting down. You know, like if you got more local but- butchers that are, um, or kill houses or whatnot, like, Butchering meat and selling locally, then you're not going to have these issues of those shutting down and our beef prices skyrocketing. Well, I think another good skill to have is the art of bartering. We've kind of lost that art mm-hmm. of just bartering. I love that. When I go to those shows, I, yeah. I'm always trading CBD for something else, beard oils or food. or um, We got some like handmade spoons one time and like just trading here and there, wheeling and dealing. I love it. Yeah. And, and that's like, also like with you guys, like, that's why I like, you know, trading my labor. Cause like, for instance, I was like, Hey, can I get that sprayer? And you were mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. You know, like I, I help out and I got kind of like a bartering thing. Like I never have come to you and been like, Hey, pay me my day's wages, mm-hmm. you know, as you're like, Hey, here's your 53 cents. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's what you're worth. You didn't do shit. Like that one day I showed up and helped you guys took take that table down in the greenhouse and that was it. And you're like, oh, well, we're done. Like, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the art of bartering and I, I've even told that with my wife of like, there are things like she's making jewelries and stuff. I'm like, if you can barter that for something like food or like whatever, whatever, like I don't even care, like barter it out. Um, you know, not everything's all about money because in a financial collapse, you need to be good at bartering and knowing what that's like and how and to do it as a skill. I mean, most of our money is on a freaking plastic card anyways, you know, like it's all electronic. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say the vast majority of our money is what you're calling is fiat currency. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I same, wouldn't have like, I keep maybe a hundred dollars cash around, you know, like, but, even, but even then that's still fiat yeah. currency. Mm-hmm. It's not backed by anything. It's only worth a hundred dollars because you believe it's worth a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have silver certificates, on the other hand, those are backed by actual silver. You can actually supposedly trade those for silver, like two dollars worth of silver or something like that. I don't know, but it's actually backed. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have silver certificates, by the that's government, different. yeah, whatever that's worth. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that, that was all I had. We're twenty-seven minutes, buddy. That's all I got too. Cool. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us on the To the Point podcast. Uh, we appreciate your support. Continue just give us the, giving us those ratings, reviews. Please, we beg you, just share the podcast quickly on like your stories, that kind of stuff. Uh, we really am ju- are just humbled that you've chosen to spend your time with us here today. Check us out on Instagram at The Higher Points, on Facebook at The Higher Points Podcast. Our website's www.thehigherpoints.com. And uh, we're renting out the podcast studio, so if you want to start a podcast, record a podcast, or get some information on what equipment you need to do, just click on the contact tab on our website and give us an email. We appreciate you guys. We'll catch up with you next time.